53rd chapter of Isaiah. Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs, and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before shears is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living, for the transgression of my people he was stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was there any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him, he hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul, and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. And so that's reading the entire chapter. We want to go back up to the eighth verse, and it reads like this. He, he was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living, for the transgression of my people was he stricken. And so if we had a text or a thought tonight, who shall declare his generation? And I've preached many times, the Lord never saved us to sit down. He never saved you to sit down and never do another thing. He never saved you to go back out into the world and do what you want to do and live how you want to live. I know we as missionary Baptists get blamed for that belief. I've never met a real missionary Baptist yet that actually believed that. I believe in a God that's big enough to change you. I believe in a God that's big enough to change your want to. Paul said, the things I once loved, I now hate, and the things I once hated, I now love. He made a change in Paul. He was one of the hardest-hearted sinners we'll ever read about in the Bible, and yet God changed him. And so he never saved us to do what we want to do, but he saved us to be his children. He saved us. You remember the man Legion and what a change was made in his life when he met Jesus? He was a man that we've heard him, read about him, heard him preached about many times. He ran naked in the tombs, hurt himself, cut himself with lances, made himself bleed. And men had tried to counsel him. They had tried to chain him up so that he couldn't hurt himself anymore. He'd just break the chains. Everything man had tried to do didn't work till Legion met Jesus. And when the Lord went to leave that country of the Gadarenes, Legion wanted to go with him, didn't he? But the Lord wouldn't let him. The Lord had a job for him to do just like he's got a job for you. He said, stay and publish all the good things I've done for you. 
who shall declare his generation? Now we got the Old Testament. We can read about Moses. We can read about the, the law. And if the Lord will let us, maybe we'll cover some of that tonight. But, and, and we're living in a day, and it's not just the day that we live in. And you've heard me say before about how evil this day is and how dark it is. But we can go all the way back to Noah in the book of Genesis and read where men's minds were continually on evil. It's human nature. It's human nature to want to get away and separate between us and God. But I'm here to tell you today, if you're one of His, you need to make a declaration. You need to decide right now. Joshua told his people, said, Choose ye this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You need to make a choice, and we make a choice every day. Did you know that? Every day that our eyes open, every move that we make, everywhere that we go, everything that we say, everything that we do, we're making a declaration. We're, we're, and, and it wasn't long ago, me and Tammy went on a trip, and before we could come back into the United States, they gave us a piece of paper. And we had to declare everything that we had that we were bringing back in with us. Everything that we had bought or purchased, anything like that, you had to write down. And U.S. Customs had to look at that and approve it before they would let it into this country. What are you declaring today? What have you got with you? Have you got something of great value? And now that form, if we, if we didn't have $800 worth of supplies or $800 worth merchandise or things like that that amounted to an amount of $800 or more there was no use in making a declaration they wouldn't consider that it didn't matter but I've got something today I need to declare I've got something of great value I've got something that the world can't afford I've got something that money can't buy I've got something that, that's more precious than gold I've got something what do you got preacher I've got salvation I've got a savior and I want to declare his generation Amen. who shall declare his generation. Now we mentioned Moses. We, re, we can read over in Exodus, the 32nd chapter, <coughs> where Moses was up on the mountain. And the Lord came down and gave him the Ten Commandments. And he wrote them on the tablets and gave them to Moses. And Moses was to present them to the children of Israel. And while they were on the mountain... The children of Israel disobeyed God while they were on the mountain. And here's what happens when you're separated from the Lord. When you don't feel His Spirit and His presence, you'll turn to your own devices. And that's what the children of Israel did. They said, as for this Moses, we know what not what's become of him. And he t they told Aaron, said, up! And make us gods. I'm afraid today that's where our world is. They've made gods for themselves. They worship sports heroes. And they worship actors and actresses. And they've neglected the true and living God. And as these children said to you tonight, God's not dead. He's still alive. And if you'll trust Him, if you seek, seek Him, He's not far from you. If happily, you might feel like true. He's there. He's there. I'm glad He hears my cry. Amen. All right. Who shall declare His generation? God said, get down from here. And as they neared the camp, Joshua heard singing. He said, that's not the right sound. <laughs> Did you know there's a peculiar sound? I know, we've got lots of buildings today. And they say church over the door. <laughs> but if it's not the right sound, it's not the real church. Amen? You can't make a spirit. You can't put on a show. Let me tell you what, what the church does. The church doesn't lift up Mike Strange. It don't lift up Marty Costner. It don't lift up Bobby Parker. 
but the church lifts up Jesus. It's all about him. Here's what John the Baptist says. He was a Baptist, so we might as well go along with what he says, didn't we? Here's what he said. He said, he said I must decrease. He must increase. That's what we've got to do. We need to make a declaration in 2019. We need to make a declaration right here on the altar of Dutch Bottoms Baptist Church. We need to make a declaration that we're going to declare his generation. That we're going to tell our lost sinners about Jesus. That we're going to tell our neighbors they're loved. That we're going to tell our family that they need the Lord. That we're going to tell them the difference that Jesus makes. You know why people don't want to come to church? You know why people are not interested in sitting on the pew with you? Because we've not declared who Jesus is and what he can do. Who shall declare his generation? Moses, Joshua went down. They heard the sound. And the Lord was angry. They had had iron to make them a god. Let me back up for just a second. I've known lots of good men. Lots of good preachers, lots of good pastors. If you're not very careful, you'll be worshiping the man instead of the God. If they're good men of God, they don't want that. They want you to worship the Lord. Aaron took their earrings. He put them in the fire. And there was a golden calf. And they worshiped that, sat down to eat, and rose up to play. And you all know this story. I'll not go through all of it. The Lord said, I'll just wipe them out. Listen, folks. You can't, you've heard this before, haven't you? You can't do wrong and get by. There's a payment for sin. And everything you do, you're making a declaration. We can say we're whatever we think we are. But if our life proves different... We've made a declaration. Oh. You all know the story. How they melted down the calf to powder. Moses put it in the water and made the children of Israel drink it. And then he asked this question. Who is on the Lord's side? In other words, you decide right now whose side you're going to be on. We want to, and I preached this this morning, I don't know why the Lord has, has, has keeps laying this on my heart, but we spend a lot of time riding the fence. Who is on the Lord's side? Which side are you on? It's about time that we make a declaration. It's about time that we decide whose side we're on. It's about time that we take a look at how good God has been to us, how he saved our wretched soul from hell, how he kept us from burning, how he paid the price for our sins. It's about time that we decide that we make a declaration that we're going to worship him and lift up his name and let the world know what a great Savior that he is. Who is declared? His generation. The Levites. <laughs> you know who the Levites were? The Levites were the people that took care of the temple. They kept it clean. They kept it pure. You might as well say the church. <laughs> who is on, whose side are you? Preacher, that's an old, old story. Moses is long dead and gone. That's... that's Hundreds of years before Jesus ever appeared on the scene. What are you doing preaching stuff like that? Whose side are you on? Right now, you need to decide. Whose side are you on? Are you going to declare that Jesus is your Savior? You know, I've been here five years. Most of you, I've heard your testimony. There's a few of you 
that hadn't made a declaration. You need to make a declaration. You need to tell this church that you love the Lord, that you belong to him. You need to declare to this community that you, are, you, you follow a risen Savior. You need to let the world know that Jesus loves you and you love him. You need to let the world know how good Jesus has been to you along life's way. He's been good enough. I appreciate this scripture. It says, let everything, that's me, John, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Who shall declare his generation? Who is on the Lord's side? And the Levites spoke up. And those that had sinned paid the price for it. There was about 3,000 that died that day. That's awful, preacher. Why would they do You know what? We don't think we ought to ever have to pay for sin. We're eat up with it in our land and country. You're not going to like this. And I might get some kickback on it. But we have told this younger generation that homosexuality is okay. Shame, shame, shame. This book says that it is an abomination in the nostrils of God. Does that mean them people are going straight to hell? No. Jesus loves them and he died for them too. They're no different than I was as a little sinner. They have sinned just like I did. But they can get forgiven for it just like I did. And when when Jesus comes in, he'll make a real change. Ours... Our nation has told people, you all know I like football. I watch other sports, a little basketball and things like that. And you know what our TV is telling our people? It's all right to have a social drink. Boy, it's not going to sit good, is it? (laughs) It's all right to turn up a beer. It's all right to drink a little alcohol. Folks, our covenant says that we too are abstain. That we are to not have any dealings with that whatsoever. This book teaches me to be sober-minded. Folks, I'm telling you today, our world is dragging our younger generation down to where they'll have no hope, no help, And they'll be all alone, covered in sin, and can't see a way out. We need to make a declaration. I don't know, Rick, if if my boys, I'm hoping one day I'll have grandchildren just like you. But when I do, somebody will need to tell them about Jesus. Somebody will need to let them know about a Savior. Somebody, just because they'll be mine, will don't make no difference. They'll still need salvation just like yours did, Jim. I'm telling you, I'm counting on Dutch bottoms to make a declaration and let the world know that Jesus, whoa, Jesus saves. Who shall declare his generation? You know why Israel got, (laughs) I can't leave that yet. You know why Israel got in that shape? You know why 3,000 souls had to die? Because while Moses was on the mountain, somebody failed to declare. While Moses was up on the mountain, listen folks, I love you with all my heart. And I want to do my best to preach you the gospel. But if you're going to lay it all here, we're going to have some problems. If you're going to lay it all here, we're going to have trouble moving. Let me preach to you a little more about Moses. (laughs) Israel was in a battle. And while Israel fought, Moses took the rod. Here it is. Moses took the rod and he lifted it high over his head. 
And as long as he lifted the rod of God, Israel won the battle. I'm planning on lifting this as high woo, as I can. It's an honor and a privilege to be able to lift the rod of God. But you all know the rest of this scripture, don't you? There came a time when Moses' arms grew heavy. They put a rock behind him where he could sit down. And the heavier Moses' arms got, and the rod began to slip, Israel began to lose the battle. Come on, boys. Come on right here. So when, it, when Moses' arms grew tired and the rod began to slip, Aaron got on one side, her got on the other. Woo! <laughs> and they won the victory because they kept the rod high. Who shall declare? His generation. Is that me, preacher? Well, yeah, it is. Let me preach that to you. Does the book not say that we're ours and joint ours with Christ Jesus? If we're a joint heir, that means we're a brother or a sister in Christ. Is that not right? then that means we're all part of the same generation. You know, some of you here are in your 70s. You may belong to the baby boomer generation. I believe the next one that crops up is somewhere around my age. In your 50s, that's generation X. And then it goes on down to different, to different generations according to age. But if we're brothers and sisters, we must be all the same generation. We're a, we're a child of God. Amen. And we're brothers, heirs, and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, the righteous. So we must be part of the same generation. Do you want me to tell you it's not the baby boomers generation that we're a part of as a, as a Christian? It's not generation X or generation Y that we're a part of as a Christian. Do you want me to tell you what the name of our generation is? It's a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people, and it's a privilege to be a part of that chosen generation. Who shall declare his generation? Now Moses came down with the with the Ten Commandments. That was one generation, but men couldn't live by them, could they? And you've heard me preach this, you've read it in God's Word, how that when men would sin, and let me clarify that, when men of Israel would sin, they would take their sacrifice to the priest. And the priest would take the blood of the sacrifice and sprinkle it over the mercy seat. And that man would get forgiveness for his sin for a year, if the priest was right. Amen? So we're not always right, are we? Sometimes we get wrong, too. And when we do, we've got to repent, don't we, Rick? And just move up and get closer. But what about you? To my knowledge, there's no one at Dutch Bottoms. You may have done Ancestry.com or whatever it is and traced your roots back to where your ancestors came from. To my knowledge, there's no one here who, naturally speaking, your DNA came from Israel. You know what about us? in that former generation, in that generation where they had to rely on the priest 
to get forgiveness for sins, we were out. You were doomed. You couldn't get forgiveness. But we had a high priest that took care of our generation. We had a high priest that paid the price for our sin at Calvary so that you and I, as a chosen generation, could receive forgiveness, could escape hell, could get away from earth to glory. Oh, who shall declare his generation? Everybody loved the youth choir tonight. Did a good job. You know why we loved them? Because they were making a declaration. They were saying, Jesus is for me. I love him. I belong to him. I'm one of his children. Keep singing, children. Some of the ones you're singing with need to make a declaration. They need to decide to follow Jesus. I like that song, don't you? I have decided to follow Jesus. Have you decided? Have you made a declaration? If you haven't, you can make one tonight. You can call on Him. You can be one of His children. He'll save you through His marvelous grace just like He saved a little sinner boy like me. There's not one that He'll turn away. Aren't you glad to be a part of that chosen generation? All right. Who shall declare? I read you the scripture tonight. Every one of us has turned away. There's not a person under the sound of my voice that sometime or another you failed to make the declaration. I did, Rick. Had a friend I went to high school with. Just about a month after we graduated, he called me. He said, Can you come up to the house? I said, yeah. And I knew how his family was. I knew his daddy was a drunk. I knew how he lived. And while I was there, the Lord impressed me to talk to him. But you know what I did? I failed to make a declaration. I thought, what did he think of me? I left that boy's house that day. And about a month later, he drove a car off a cliff in Kentucky and was dead. Died that way. I should have made a declaration. That's a regret I'll live with to the day I die. I should have made a declaration. There's not one of us promised tomorrow. Well, preacher, when we have a revival, surely my sinner will get saved. You don't know if they'll make it. You don't know if they'll have another tomorrow. You better make a declaration today. Amen. Have you ever been like I was at one point? I've been in church all my life, but that don't mean I've always been right. We had revival one time at Rankin. This was my seat right here. Sit right here. Terry Winstead, some of you may know him. He's a good man of God. He was helping hold the revival. When revival started, I thought I was doing pretty good. But he preached that night on keep your eyes on Jesus. And the longer he preached, the more I realized how far my eyes had wandered away. And by the time he got done preaching that night, I realized I had failed to make a declaration I had failed to tell people that Jesus loves me and that I love him. I had failed to be a witness. I had failed to do the things that he had me to do. And you know what I had to do? I had to repent. I had to get right. And when I got where I needed to be, then I could tell the church and could ask them to forgive me. Folks, you're here for a reason. You didn't just wander in here. It wasn't happenstance. God sent every one of you here. God sent every one of you here because he knew we needed help. Because he knew this church needed some help. I'm going to tell this. Me and Bobby were talking when I first came. You all know. Carolyn had arthritis really bad. She could get through a song or two, but her hands bothered her. Arthritis in her hands and she couldn't play for very long. 
Michelle could play, but she had back issues and she couldn't be here like she'd like to be, and so I played some. Me and Bobby were talking one day. I said, well, it sure would be good if the Lord could help Carolyn or Michelle bring them where they could play every, every service. And he said, baby, we need to just pray that the good Lord will send us what we need. It wasn't two months. Sue and Jim came walking in. And another month after that, Grady came walking in. God sent us what we needed. And helped us to declare his generation. Oh, where's my Sagers at tonight? Raise your hand, Sagers. Come on, Dawn, raise your hand. I guarantee you, you could talk to every one of these Sagers. When the Lord passes by, you can feel his spirit tugging on that heart. Amen. It's an honor. To declare his generation. Right here's a little girl Satan fights. He don't like it. When she makes her declaration. He don't like it when you make yours. But when you talk and the Lord's all over you. It's an honor to make a declaration. Oh, who shall declare his generation? Are you going to? Are you going to tell how good God's been to you? Are you going to let the world know you've been saved? <coughs> who shall declare his generation? Because people, let me give you scripture. You know this, don't you? No man liveth to himself. No man dieth to himself. In other words, people are watching you. They're watching your life. Maybe your mom and dad. Maybe your children. Maybe your grandchildren. But people are watching you. You have influence. Good or bad. Remember Balaam? I'm about done. Remember Balaam? Balaam came to him and he said, I'll give you this, this, and this. If you'll just come down here and prophesy good for me. He said, I can't say more than the Lord will let me. As a matter of fact, he couldn't even go down there except the Lord let him. But you know what Balaam did? He decided he'd go. We can get ahead of the Lord, did you know that? And make a great big mess. The angel of the Lord stood in front of Balaam for an adversary, didn't he? And the little beast of burden, here it is. We take for granted our little church. But young people, I want you to know this. This church prays for you. This church is trying their best to steer you in the right direction. This church is trying their best to keep you from harm's way. The little beast of burden that, Balak, that Balaam rode on turned out into a field to keep him from running into the adversary to the angel of the Lord. Second time, he crashed his foot up against the wall to keep him from running into the, the angel of the Lord. And he finally just sat down under him to keep him from running. You know what Balaam was doing? He was failing to declare his generation. We can't, I've seen it, it don't work. We can't declare his generation in anger. 
We can't declare his generation with bitterness. We can't declare his generation trying to fix something, trying to get back at somebody. It don't work that way. How are you going to declare it? In love. That's the only way you can make a declaration. Who shall declare his generation? Song in the songbook. You may notice we say brother and sister around here because it's a family and these folks are so dear. When one shares a heartache, we all share a tear and rejoice in each victory. With his family so dear. And then a chorus says, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Been washed in the fountain, cleansed by his blood. Join ours with Jesus as we travel this sod. For I'm a part of the family, the family of God. I don't normally do this, but from a door of an orphanage to the house of a king, no longer an outcast, a new song I sing. From rags unto riches, from the weak to the strong, I'm not worthy to be here, but praise God I belong. Amen. Aren't you glad to be a part of his generation? Oh, don't you want to declare it? I know, and maybe I made mention of this this morning, it's intimidating, especially when you're young, to speak up in front of an audience, to say something in front of a group of adults and things like that. Youngins! When you make your generation, when you make your, your declaration, you'll make a whole church proud. Yeah. <coughs> There's not a thing in the world wrong with saying, Jesus saved me. Amen. Not a thing in the world. I, I, I love it. I asked John to say glory, glory, glory tonight. I love it when we sing that song. Got to Wednesday. She didn't know I was looking. I saw Kata standing back here. She had her hand up. I wouldn't dare when she got saved. But she's put that hand up making a declaration. Oh. Thursday and I saw a lady raise her hand. I looked back there and there was Elijah with his hand up making a declaration, I saw you when you had that making a declaration, Jenna. Oh, what a Savior that we've got that saves sinners like you and I. I saw you. I saw you making your declaration. I'm so glad Jesus saves, aren't you? Oh, it's wonderful to make a declaration that Jesus is your Savior. Who shall declare his generation? I want to tell you this. I'm not jealous. You're not taking my time when you make your declaration. I've heard of preachers, they think they have to preach. You do far better than I can do. Make your declaration. May have been, some of you may have been years. You know what I saw? We sang glory, glory, glory. And I saw Peggy's hand go up. Been a long time, but you're still making the decoration. Oh, It don't bother me. It stirs something up inside of me when you make your declaration. Do you want your church? Now, we've made this clear. I believe everybody in this building could agree on this. We'd like for our church to grow. We'd like for our church to grow. For every pew to be full. 
There's more to it than that. We can have 500 and still be immature. We can still be babes. We can still require the milk and not be on the meat. Now let me ask you this. Would you like to grow spiritually? Would you like your church to grow spiritually? Would you like for the power of God to be so strong that Kimberly cannot sit back there? It'd be so strong, you know how backward that youngin is, that it'd be so strong that she'd come running down this aisle and ask Jesus to save her. Would you like your church to grow spiritually that these little girls that's still lost would say, I want to be saved? Would you pray with me? I want to be saved. Would you like for it to grow spiritually so that that what you've been praying for night and day for years would realize their, their condition and call on Jesus to save them? Would you like that? All it takes is you making a declaration. It's not just a testimony. I encourage that. I encourage you to speak up and say, Jesus saved me. But here's what I also encourage. I also encourage you to be the person on the altar when you go out in the world. So whenever you go out to your job, be the same person on the altar that you are at Walmart. Be the same person on the altar. Be the same person on the altar that you are on Facebook. That don't sit well at all, does it? But if you can't say it on the altar, you ain't got no business letting it go out of your mouth or typing it on your hands anywhere else. We need to be a Christian 24-7. Okay. You can talk to me about it after church if you don't like it. I ain't going to back off of it. We need to make a declaration. Here's what we do. We say a bunch of words that don't mean a thing. When you make a declaration from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. It's not what go. I believe, Chester, I believe you came across this in Sunday school this morning. It's not what goeth into a man that defileth a man, but what cometh out of a man. Every word you say. The same book that has John 3.16 in it says this. We'll give an account for every idle word. Now you think about that. And the things that we've let come out of our mouths. You think about that. And the words we've said in anger. You think about that in the words that we've said and said in judgment. Folks, this is real. And every day we're making a declaration. Every day we're declaring. Are you declaring that you're for me and me and mine and that's it? Are you declaring, and, and I've been guilty of this, you declaring that work is all that matters? I've been there. Are you declaring that I'll do what I want to do? Or are you declaring Jesus? Are you declaring His generation? Somewhere this week, and I said you want to see your church grow spiritually, that starts with me. That starts with you. I want to see people sitting on this pew. I want to see people sitting on that pew. I want to see these two pews so full that I have to look over people to see Jim and Sue. That starts when we make our declaration.
It's fine. And I encourage it for you to testify and declare what Jesus has done for you. But don't leave it here. Don't leave it here. Take it with you and tell. Little kids at Rankin, you sing a song. Everybody ought to know who Jesus is. Well, the only way they're going to is if you make your declaration. If you declare. I looked at that form, Marty. We bought a couple t-shirts. thing or two. I didn't have anything worth $800 to put down on that form. But if I'd have had to make a declaration about the most precious thing I've got, one page wouldn't have been enough. I'd have had to wrote about how he saved me. I'd have had to declared that he's been good to me. I'd have had declared about miracles he's done in my life. I'd have had to declare about the times that his guiding hand watched over me, Rick, protected me when I was so stupid and ignorant I didn't realize how good he was being to me at the time. Whenever I was asking for stuff that would harm me and he knew it and, wouldn't, and told me no, instead of giving me things that would be to my own harm, I'm telling you I could write a book. Well, let me just give you this scripture. If all the things that Christ did were written down, the world could contain the books. I don't know how many people are here tonight. Maybe 50. You're looking at 50 volumes about declaring the goodness of God. I'm telling you today, God is good. And I'm telling you, He still saves. And it's worth talking about Him and declaring His generation. One more thing I got to do. I want the musicians to come on. And I want everybody to stand. And John, you can come on if you don't mind. I want us to sing, Oh, how I love Jesus. We need to declare, we need to make, we need to make. A joyful noise. We need to let the world know who we belong to and who we love. And I tell you what, come on back, youth choir. I believe you know this song well enough to sing it. Come on back up here and help us sing, Oh, How I Love Jesus. It's a simple chorus. Shorty, shorty, we can all sing. Come on back, boys and girls. John, John will take all the help he can get. Let's sing. Let's let the world know. Go ahead, John, when you're ready.
Jesus.